what is up my dudes welcome to olympia oddities i'm trista and i'm steven and we have a super bizarre missing persons case to tell you about today very bizarre like i think i broke my brain when i was researching this one trying to make sense of everything i was really worried for a minute it's seriously weird as the story unravels it just gets weirder and weirder and the less it seems to make any sense at all let's get into the story of the unsolved disappearance of bryce laspiza Bryce Laspiza was born on April 30th, 1994, to Karen and Michael Laspiza. He was born and raised in Illinois. After he graduated from Naperville High School in 2012, the family moved across the country and relocated to California. Bryce was a talented artist and enrolled in Sierra College in Rockland, California, to major in graphic and industrial design. He was inexperienced, but already had an impressive portfolio of his work, and he did well in college. People who knew Bryce described him as talented, charismatic, and very charming. He was cheerful and friendly, and put and that put people at comfort with him immediately. He made friends easily during his freshman year at Sierra College, and he also began dating another student at Sierra, a woman named Kim Sly. Whoa. Okay, now with a name like that, you gotta be careful. You're immediately considering the girlfriend a suspect? Her last name is Sly. True. It is like having a name like Suspicious as your last name. Hi, I'm Honest Bob. You want to buy a car? I mean, spoiler alert, though. Hi, I'm Kim Sly. Nothing will happen to you. I really, really don't think that she had anything to do with any of this. Actually, Neither do I. (laughs) Yeah, no, actually, I think that she was the person that helped the most in this entire situation. So, sorry my boyfriend's talking shit about you, Kim. (laughs) When the school year ended, Bryce returned to his parents' home in Laguna Niguel, which is about 465 miles south of the college. Everything seemed normal to his parents, and he appeared happy to be back at home spending time with them. He spent part of the summer taking an English class at a college close to his parents' home. He did this so he could get a jump start on the credits left that were were required for him to get his degree. The fall semester for Sierra College started on August 26, 2013. Bryce attended a speech class and a web design class that day, and later that night he called his mom to let her know how much he loved her. Karen said that Bryce sounded completely normal during this call, and he'd seemed like an excited and active participant in the new semester starting. She didn't think that there was anything to worry about. Those who actually interacted with Bryce every day at college, though, were growing worried. In the time that had passed since he'd returned to Rockland, California, he had just not seemed like himself. His attitude was becoming increasingly unstable, and he'd started drinking a lot more than he usually had. He was drinking every day at this point, and he was downing a bottle of hard liquor every weekend. That's rough. Yeah, it's not a good sign. When his friends would question him about it or ask if anything was wrong, he just told them that nothing was wrong. His girlfriend Kim was among those who were worried, and she was able to get him to confess to something more than just heavy drinking. He admitted to her that he'd been taking begun taking Vyvanse, which is an ADHD medication that is often abused on college campuses due to the speedy rush it gives, as well as letting the user run on very little sleep. Bryce was reportedly taking Vyvanse so he could stay up drinking and playing video games with a friend. That's not what that is. No, sir. No, sir. Yeah, that's definitely abusing a medication, and he wasn't prescribed it. Even more specifically, yeah. 
but mixing that with alcohol oh man like yeah. i used to be prescribed like I've, i was never prescribed what was that vivance uh i've never been prescribed that i have been prescribed adderall stratera and concerta all of which made me a zombie and i do not wish that on anybody unless you need it uh but yeah no that is not that's not good i never did that yeah, and medication stuff is super hard until you figure out the right one for you. Oh, absolutely. I've definitely gone through it. Like, Lexapro <clears throat> made me, like, a weird zombie. I had no emotions. Like, I wasn't depressed anymore, yeah, but I just, good. like, wasn't happy either. The one I'm on right I now. I didn't eat either. Yeah, that's For an extended period of time. It was oof. But definitely when you're taking a medication like that and you're abusing it and you're also drinking on top of it, that can lead to some, you know, really, really bad negative effects on your mental health. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And put you into some really, really dangerous situations. Kim was concerned about Bryce's drug abuse, but he didn't seem to think that it was that big of a deal. They disagreed on this enough that Bryce sent her a text message telling her that she would be better off without him. Confused, Kim replied to him and asked if he was breaking up with her. He replied that, yes, he was. I think that the wording in that is a little concerning. Yeah, that is. It's better it's off without strict. me. It's very like a intense, intensely loaded statement. You know what I mean? I agree. In the first of many things that make very little sense in this case, despite breaking up with his girlfriend Kim over text message that night, Bryce called his mom from Kim's apartment around 11 p.m. later that night. So it's like he broke up with her, but then almost immediately drove to her apartment which was like a considerable distance from the campus it's just weird it's just kind of a sign of like erratic behavior very erratic it's unclear why bryce went to visit kim that night right after he broke up with her as he told her that he still wanted to break up and that he hadn't changed his mind about it he refused to give her any explanations for his sudden decision Kim was really worried about Bryce's erratic behavior, so she took his keys from him and attempted to get him to take a nap and try to get some sleep before driving home. Bryce wanted to leave and demanded his keys back from her. Kim refused to give them back to him, and at that point, Bryce made the call to his mom. Which, I feel like, like, good on Kim. I think that that's the right thing to do. I think that, like, if you showed up, like, if you, like, dumped me out of nowhere... And then, like, showed up at my house. And then were, like, not giving me any explanations to your weird behavior. And I knew that you were, like, also abusing drugs. I would, like, not want you to drive anywhere either. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's... I would appreciate that, too. <laughs> yeah, same but... for me. Like, if I ever just start acting really erratic one day, like, take my keys. Like, I'm not going to go anywhere good after that, I feel like. Bryce told his mom what was going on and handed the phone over to Kim so his mom could talk to her herself. After speaking to Karen, Kim gave the car keys back to Bryce, and he finally left her apartment at around 11.30 p.m. So he must have sounded okay enough to his mom. Which is kind of concerning. Unless he was just, like, you know, kind of passing it off as, I'm okay, like, enough to her. One of Bryce's friends, a student named Sean, had called Bryce's mom somewhere around this time and let her know that he was concerned about his friend, explaining his odd behavior and the concerning way that he'd broken up with Kim. Sean said that Bryce said that something ha was bothering him, but he never explained what that something had been. 
which is very concerning. Like if if it just, but then again, like yeah, there is the whole like personal business thing. But I mean, if if your friend is acting incredibly weird, just very out of the ordinary like that, and it doesn't give like an explanation as to why they just broke up with their their girlfriend at the time. Yeah, there's just a lot of weird stuff going on there. And I also think that for like, because the heavy drinking was something that his friend Sean mentioned in the call too. And like, you think of something that's pretty common at college campuses, it's like heavy drinking. So you'd think that it would be like kind of, um, he must have been drinking like a noteworthy amount, you know what I mean? For his friend to bring it up and for his friend to contact his mom at all. I can oh, think yeah. I've had friends in a lot of not great situations and there's been one time that i ever involved someone's parent and they literally went to like the er for alcohol poisoning that night like it was like life or death you know what i mean so like these his friends must have been like really concerned to your friend's parents are scary you know what i mean i'm still like nervous when i meet my friend's parents i like turn into like a scared little like sixth grader where i'm like hi nice to meet you, you like this is your fault or something because you're the one that like brought them to their like that had to call them oh yeah they can like see you as like a troublemaker like you're trying to cause an issue and then like if they don't believe you or if it makes things worse i feel like is a fear a lot of the time too but i think it shows that he did have people who cared about him around him to like reach out like that to his parents and also like you know his now ex-girlfriend trying to keep him from leaving because she thinks that he could hurt himself or something Mm mm-hmm Oh, and Bryce's mom around this time offered to come fly to him in case anything was wrong, but Bryce turned her down pretty much and said that that wasn't an issue and everything was fine. On August 29th, the phone rang at the Lespiza house once again, this time at 1 a.m. His parents hadn't caught the phone call, but Karen had assumed that it was Bryce calling to let her know that he had made it back to his apartment after the ordeal at Kim's place. Later on, though, phone records would show that Bryce actually made this call from a remote area about an hour away from his apartment in Rockland. That's weird. It is weird. On August 30th, Bryce's parents received an automated voicemail at around 11 a.m. The voicemail was letting them know that Bryce had used their roadside assistance plan earlier that morning, around 9 a.m. He had run out of gas west of Bakersfield, meaning that he had traveled about 350 miles that night. Damn. It makes you wonder if, like, um, any sort of, like, possible, you know, uh, drug use could be contributing to that. Because that's quite a bit of ground to cover in a night. You know, I know it's not impossible, but, like, that's a lot of time to be awake and driving. Oh, no, absolutely it is. They attempted to contact Bryce and learned from his roommate that he had never made it home that night after the fight with over the keys at Kim's. An employee of Castro Tire and Gas had delivered three gallons of gas to Bryce, and he had the gas charged to his parents' credit card. The charge record showed that Bryce was near the town of Buttonwillow, and his parents assumed that he was probably making his way to their home. If he continued on the route they predicted that he would take, it would probably take him right around three hours to arrive. His parents found the auto shop that had helped him online and tracked down the name of the employee that had helped him. Luckily, Christian, who had delivered the gas to Bryce, was the one to answer the call and told Bryce's parents that he had delivered the gas to him at the Buttonwillow rest area and he delivered the three gallons of gas at around 9.30 that morning. 
When Karen explained that she'd been unable to reach her son and that his roommate had told her that he'd never made it home like he'd planned that night, Christian decided to drive back over to the rest stop to see if Bryce was still there. It had been almost three hours since the roadside assistance call had been made, and Christian didn't expect to find Bryce still at the rest area, but there he found him, resting in his car in the same exact place that he'd been three hours earlier. That's the detail that I very specifically remember you bringing up. Oh man, we've been talking about, or rather you've been talking about this one to me for months, and we've been talking about it for a while after that. And that part, yeah, that's always stuck out to me. Yeah, there's a lot of like really weird uh, movements, or should I say like not movements that happen, especially later on in this. Bryce also seems surprised to see Christian pull back up as well. Christian handed him his cell phone and told Bryce that his mom wanted to talk to him. Karen asked Bryce what he was doing, and he really didn't have an answer for her. He didn't reveal much information in this phone call, and Karen said that his voice was clear and he didn't sound like he was under the influence of anything. Karen decided that since Bryce was so close to home, she could save her questions until he got there. She asked him to fill up his gas tank, get on I-5, and they would be seeing each other in just a few hours. Bryce agreed and told his mom that she would see him around 3 when he got there. The hours ticked by and Bryce still hadn't arrived at his parents' home. At 3.30, his parents really began to worry. They tried calling Bryce again, but once again, he was refusing to answer his phone. At first, they worried that he was stuck in a traffic jam or something, but as more hours passed by, they began to worry that something more serious, like a car accident, could have happened. They called the police and reported Bryce as missing. The police called Bryce's cell phone provider and were able to ping the location of his phone, and what they found was shocking. It was more than 10 hours after Bryce had made the call to roadside assistance, and he was still in Buttonwillow. They decided to send two officers to Bryce's location to check up on him. They found that he had filled up his gas tank like his mom had told him to, but instead of getting on I-5 and driving, he had parked his car near the interstate. Just near the interstate. Yeah, it seems like he moved it from the rest area where he was. Like He moved it a little bit after he got the gas, but he still just parked it near the road. It's almost like he just kind of checked out. Like he just went into a trance, just kind of yeah, it's, just st- sat there for hours. It's super, super weird behavior. It's like really almost, unsettling to me for some reason. I almost imagine like an android just kind of like just sitting in the car, just shutting down and just staring at the wheel. The officer said that Bryce was polite and cooperative, and he had told them that he was just blowing off some steam before making the drive home. They had him get out of the car and do a field sobriety test, which he passed. He told them that they were welcome to search his car, and the search police did turned up no drugs, alcohol, or weapons. And it's like, I don't know what to think about that, because his behavior is so weird. I mean, we'll get into, like, some of the theories at the very end of this, but it doesn't seem that he was on anything at the time of all this happening. Because Bryce was 19 and legally an adult, and because he hadn't done anything that could be considered a crime, the cops left him. Before they left, though, they told him that he needed to call his mom. Bryce hesitated to make this call, which concerned the police. He was even hesitant after they told him how worried she was about him. One of the officers ended up taking Bryce's phone himself and called Karen. He let her know that Bryce had passed the field sobriety test and that he seemed fine. Karen spoke briefly with Bryce and told him to get himself something to eat and then to get on the road and head to them. 
see now that's weird i don't know because I, f- I feel like i've been in i'm not gonna go into too much detail but i've been in a weird situation where i like woke up and there was like an ambulance and a cop there and they weren't like because i was i was like 18 19 at the time and they were like or rather they weren't like you need to call your parents or you need to call your mom or whatever like granted i know that she like called them i think it's because they put a miss i think it was because he was considered a missing person at this time probably and it is really weird that he seemed like he didn't want to talk to her at all which by that point why would the cop then which i'm not like defending bryce's missing (laughs) this <laughs> or running away or whatever it may be but uh yeah no then at that point wouldn't the cop just kind of be like well you're an adult and then because like once you're 18 i don't know that is that is, I, I, I would i do appreciate the the call for concern though but i just remember in my experience like they weren't like but then again my mom didn't like call the <laughs> the, the cops or anything for me <laughs> Yeah, and it kind of, like, it just reminds me of that annoying sentence that you hear over and over in true crime where it's not a crime to go missing if you want to, to voluntarily go missing. Like, you're an adult. You can just up and leave, and, like, that's fine. I think, I do think because he was a younger adult, and, you know, um, I don't know. I just kind of feel like it's because he was, like, a younger adult, and they probably viewed it as more like a kid parent relationship yeah, than like two adults looking for a missing person i'm not really no, sure i don't know no i can reason with that i can see that for sure auto shop employee christian drove past the spot later and found bryce still sitting in the same spot in his car so android like christian called karen to tell her the troubling news and told her that he would follow bryce on the i5 to make sure that he got on with his travel safely do you think at the auto shop there's just like a giant wall like in Spongebob of employee of the month and it's all just this man's pictures? <laughs> He's super going above and beyond. Like, shout out to this guy. because <laughs> yeah, He's the only one 24-7 working at this place. Yeah, and some people He's have gotta be. questioned why his parents didn't drive to him. That is a good point as well. Yeah, I mean, it's only it, it, it wasn't ridiculously far. Yeah, like it's not like it was like a day and a half drive away. Like it was less than a day. Yeah, it was only three hours. Yeah, it's just kind of weird to. Yeah, it's just like a day trip. I mean, that. she offered to fly to him earlier, but I don't know if one of my family members, even like if my dad, my dad's like a man in his sixties, if he was like, yeah, no, I'm headed home, and then like I found out that he hadn't moved from his exact position in ten hours, I would be like, okay, you stay there. I'm going to come get you. And some people have theorized that maybe this wasn't the first time something like this had happened. And maybe his parents had previously like driven down to meet him somewhere and he'd been gone or it had been like a false alarm thing. But that is just speculation and like n- none of none of the parents or family or you know any of his friends have ever mentioned any prior history of any sort of behavior like this with the driving and then the waiting long periods of time in seemingly random towns so android like bryce purchased a pop at a gas station and told christian that he would start the drive to his parents now he finally pulled on to i-5 after spending 13 hours in button willow good lord 
And it's like, is he not? He's not sleeping. He's just like sitting in his car. He's not sleeping. It doesn't seem like he's really eating anything. It's very weird. It is like he's like a robot or like. And I mean, ADHD, I mean, like much like I said earlier, just kind of turned me into a, a zombie. Yeah, ADHD medication does that, especially for a person that they probably most definitely don't need it. Yeah, it definitely sounds like, you know, a bad drug effect or psychosis from the drugs. Because, I mean, like, who knows what the dosage was that he he had? Could have been, like, 30, could have been 50, could have been 100 milligrams. Who knows? Well, and if you're taking it recreationally, I'm sure that you're not taking, you're oh, not no. keeping track of the exact amounts that you're taking. No. Christian followed Bryce for about 10 miles and said that he didn't see anything in the way that Bryce was driving that could be considered a red flag. He made another call to Bryce's mom and updated her of her son's location and that he was headed south to Laguna Niguel and was set to arrive at 3.25 a.m. At 1.50, though, Bryce called his mom to tell her that he had gotten off I-5 but was planning to get back on it. They last spoke at 2.08 a.m. when Bryce told his mom that he had gotten off the freeway again and had planned to get some sleep in his car. Knowing that Bryce had been awake for 48 hours at that point, she didn't argue with him and agreed that he should try to rest. The next morning, Bryce's parents were awoken by a knock at their door. The knock had come from a California Highway Patrol officer. The officers told him that Bryce's car had been found crashed, but Bryce was nowhere to be found. The car had driven off the side of a 25-foot embankment before settling onto the road below it where it was discovered. Camera footage was examined and revealed that just minutes after Bryce had told his parents that he was pulling over to get some sleep, he had actually driven his car, a 2003 beige Toyota Highlander, uphill towards the Castaic Lake Recreation Area. Two hours later, his car was seen on the footage again, driving up the mountain. His car would be found destroyed just one hour after his car drove past the camera the second time. The car had been found on its side at 5.30 that morning, and the back window's glass had been broken from the inside, causing officers to think that Bryce was at least able to remove himself from the car. All of his important belongings, including his cell phone and laptop, were still inside the car. Small amounts of blood were found on the driver's seat, passenger headrest, and in the back seat, but the amount was small enough to make investigators think that Bryce wasn't seriously injured in the crash. I believe that, especially considering that, like, the glass looks like it was removed from the inside. Yeah, he... It's a 25-foot embankment. I mean, yeah, a lot of damage... A lot of damage can happen. But at that same time, yeah, if he was as android stated as i kind of think or like say he like fell asleep at the wheel and was just relaxed yeah i could see him like being okay and like able to get out of that situation yeah i definitely believe that he at least got himself out of the car himself after he crashed because you know the window and just the small amount of blood that they found everything points to the fact that he himself was the one who got himself out of the car when it crashed. Bryce is okay to some degree after that. On the road near the car, police found a duffel bag containing clothes and Bryce's wallet. The bag was opened and showed signs that someone may have grabbed something from inside of it. Tire tracks were visible at the top of the embankment, and law enforcement were able to determine that Bryce had been going at a fairly high rate of speed and that he had made no attempt to hit the brakes. 
So it seems like the crash was probably intentional. Or he was at least didn't have time to hit the brakes. It would seem like it. Or he didn't know that there was an embankment there because he was so tired and, you know, possibly not in his right state of Which mind. Which is what, again, makes me think he just fell asleep at the wheel. But yeah, I don't know. Search dogs were brought in and they led the police to an area called Government Cove. Expert divers were sent in, but none of them found any trace of Bryce. In Government Cove, you say? That doesn't sound suspicious at all. Yeah, nothing gets done there, and when it does, it's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Searchers continued their efforts, and in the middle of the search efforts, Los Angeles County firefighters responded to a call in the area of a brush fire in the area surrounding the lake. When they arrived, they discovered the horrifying source of the fire. Human remains that were on fire. Do we have another Grand Theft Parsons situation going on right now? Like, we're just going to steal our buddy from the airport who's dead, and we're going to go take him out to the desert and burn him? Not quite. The body wasn't Bryce's, and it was identified as 35-year-old Lamondre Dion Miles. He had been shot multiple times during a dispute about money that he owed someone, and his remains had been set on fire. Bryce's parents, along with investigators, began to wonder if Bryce had come across something that he wasn't supposed to see and had met foul play. Wow! If that's the case, Bryce had the weirdest 48 hours of anyone on Earth. (laughs) Absolutely. You know what I mean? To sit in your car for 13 hours and... Wait, first, break up with your girlfriend. Go to your girlfriend's house. Drive south 350 miles for no reason. Sit somewhere for 13 hours. Crash your car over a 25-foot embankment. Witness a murder and then get murdered? Potentially, That's like how that theory would play out. That's just... Just so insane. I know that stranger things have happened, but that's like... That's That's just a lot of crazy shit. This dude's own fear and loathing in Las Vegas fueled by ADHD medication. The family, friends of Bryce, and volunteers posted missing person flyers and searched all over the area for any trace of Bryce or clues to where he could have gone. They hiked remote trails on foot while police searched from the sky above. On the ninth day of searching, bloodhounds were brought in. They tracked Bryce's scent from his car to a roadway that crossed a dam that led to a nearby truck stop. From there, the dogs were unable to follow the scent any further. After three weeks, the official search for Bryce was called off. They hadn't found any new leads or any trace of him. Volunteers continued in their efforts, and police patrolled through the area. Sporadic sightings of Bryce Lespiza pop up in California and neighboring states like Oregon, but also from all over the country. None of them have ever been confirmed to be Bryce, and he remains missing to this day. You ready to get into some of the theories? Lay them on me. That was a serious Birdman hand rub that you just did. You are super ready to get into these theories. (laughs) The first theory that we'll cover is that Bryce had a psychotic break, a head injury, or a combination of the two that led to his demise. A few months after Bryce's disappearance, his family hired a private investigator named Denise Savastano. Savastano specializes in missing persons cases, and she believes that Bryce was actually trying to get to his parents' house that day. She believes this due to Bryce's GPS activity. 
Savastano theorizes that Bryce's drug use may have led him to have a psychotic break, and this would explain his erratic behavior. She also realized that Bryce could have suffered a head injury when his car went over the embankment and may have wandered off disoriented. Or, she says, it could have been a double hit of psychosis made even worse by a possible head injury during the crash. It's possible that he could have wandered away from the scene of the crash and his body either ended up well hidden or somewhere that searchers missed. I've even seen some people theorize that, like, he wandered off and he like has amnesia from the wreck and he just has no sense and like he doesn't even know that he's missing but i think that's a little out there myself no i do too i'm a little more inclined to believe this i i mean you could argue the drugs were definitely at play like i mean the adhd medication but um you could argue that that's a play but i don't totally know that i buy that he was genuinely on his way back to his parents place he was headed in that direction but i i don't i don't know it seemed like yeah again drugs at play but i don't know that i completely believe because he just he just like an android just stopped for hours extended hours uh i don't know i am a little skeptical about the head injury thing just because that doesn't explain all of his behavior leading up until the crash. It no. explains, it would explain weird behavior if, I don't know, if someone, if he had just driven his car off the thing and then disappeared, I'd be like, yeah, maybe he got a head injury and wandered off or something. But so much weird behavior happened up before that that I just don't think that a head injury explains any of that at all. No, I don't think so either. It's not a good enough explanation for me. And I mean, it's not like he was like a, a or at least from what we know, he wasn't like a huge sports player, like a football player or anything that would like involve like g getting a concussion or any head trauma or anything like that prior to this. I didn't find any history of anything that said that he would have had any sort of traumatic brain injury or anything. Yeah. Savastano and Bryce's parents hired a sonar specialist to search Government Cove, part of Castaic Lake. After two days of 12-hour-long searches, Bryce still remained missing. Nothing in Government Cove again, you say? Hmm. Surprising or what they wanted you to find? I just don't trust Government Cove. I don't either. It's a very unfriendly name. Like, I'm not going swimming at Government Cove. You're definitely like... ending up, like, part of some sort of weird scientific exploration. Like, what am I trying to think of? Experiment. That was the word <laughs> I was trying to think of. Like, Government Cove is a place you go to disappear or make things disappear, specifically for the government. D.B. Cooper is in Government Cove. The second theory is that Bryce left willingly of his own accord. While both of Bryce's parents have come out and said that they don't believe that he left on his own, let alone has been able to go unseen for six years, it is a possibility. Bryce had mentioned that something was bothering him to several people, but never told anyone what it was. He gave away several things of value, which we'll touch on more during the next theory, which can be a sign of being suicidal but could also be something that you would do if you were trying to start a new life. The large amount of time that Bryce spent sitting in Buttonwillow caused some people to wonder if he might have been waiting on someone. Could he have been waiting on someone to pick him up and give him a ride? Or could he have been waiting on a drug dealer? 
No drugs were found during the search of his car before he left Buttonwillow, and no drugs were found at the scene of the car after the crash. Some people thought that because he was there for 13 hours that he could have been waiting for someone, maybe like an out-of-state friend, possibly someone from like Washington or Oregon, to come pick him up. But there's no like phone evidence or anything to suggest that he was communicating with anyone that day besides like the calls from his mom and stuff. I was going to say, I have no real good reason not to believe that. But yeah, I don't really I don't really believe that. Some believe that he deliberately crashed his car and then got out through the broken back window and was able to make his way to the truck stop where the dogs had his scent and was able to hitch a ride from there. This brings us to theory number three, that he was met with foul play. Some think that Bryce was able to make his way to the truck stop and either hitchhike or arrange a ride with a trucker. He may have been picked up by someone with murderous intent either at the original truck stop or later down the line if he was dropped off and picked up by someone else at another location. And if that's the case, you know, if someone picked him up and gave him a drop, like dropped him off at like another truck stop and someone picked him up from there or, you know, dropped him off on the side of the road and he went from there. It's like he could have been anywhere and someone could have done something bad to him and we probably won't ever figure it out. That's a very good point. And the dogs did trace his scent and then weren't able to follow it from the truck stop, which kind of points to maybe he left there in a car instead of on foot. Which I do. Yeah, I would. I could I could definitely see that. But it's also weird because you'd think that he'd be. He'd, you'd think that he'd look rough after just going off a 25 foot embankment in the car. And it's but weird. if he was still okay enough to kind of break through the window, I would think that he was like he wouldn't have that much head trauma. Like maybe he was disoriented at the at 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 first, but I think that if he like was asleep at the wheel and then like came back to like if you're I feel like if he was like rested enough, I also think that he was okay. He probably would have been spotted by. Or not spotted, but if someone had seen him at the truck stop, because you'd think that he would have, either the person who picked him up or just someone there, that they would have reported that. You think that that would be kind of important? Because they know he's a missing person in that area. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I saw him. But there's no one ever coming forward and saying that they saw him go to the truck stop, let alone get a ride or anything from there. And that's where, like, your long haul cross country truckers come into play where they just don't, they might not pay attention to that. True. And if he got a ride with one of them, you know, he could easily make it all the way across the country and bringing it back to, he could be anywhere. Yep. The other foul play scenario that's often theorized about involves the burning body of Lamondre miles that was found during the search efforts to try to find Bryce. Some people think that Bryce could have stumbled across this murder taking place after the crash and was murdered himself. I think it's possible, but like I said earlier, that's a hell of a 48 hours, and I don't know. And it's weird that they didn't find... If that's what happened, then why didn't they find Bryce's body? Wouldn't they just burn both the bodies at the same time while they have them out there in the woods? Mm-hmm. That's another good point. I don't know. It just seems weird that if you've murdered one person... And are disposing of their bodies. I don't know if they murdered them there or if it was like a secondary site where they were like going to go to dispose of the body. But you'd think that like we're already burning one, you know, might as well burn the other one here. It just seems like a weird, unnecessary step that you would be like, oh, we've got to hide this body now at a different location. 
Yeah, that is a weird, like, no country for old men situation. Like, that's just immediately what I thought of when when we first brought that up. I was like, this is just, this just feels like no country for old men. The last theory for Bryce's disappearance we'll cover today is the theory that he became a victim of suicide. Some forms of mental illness show up during the late teen to early adult years, and if this is something that Bryce was dealing with, his heavy drinking and drug drug use could have been the trigger that caused things to become unmanageable. Bryce's cell phone and wallet being left behind in his car point towards suicide being a possibility, as does the fact that he showed no signs of slowing down or hitting the brakes before crashing. You know, because you'd think that if you were running off to start a new life, you'd kind of need, like, your wallet and your money and your phone and stuff. It came out to investigators that when he had originally left his apartment, he had texted his roommate Sean a text that read, I love you, bro, seriously. You're the best person I've ever met, and you saved my soul. Sean said that he hadn't gotten the impression that Bryce was suicidal or that he didn't have any plans of coming back. He told the officers that he simply thought that Bryce had just gone off on his own for a bit and expected him to be back by Labor Day. Sean also told police that Bryce had given him his Xbox and a pair of diamond earrings that had belonged to his mom. This, combined with the concerning breakup message Bryce had sent Kim telling her that she would be better off without him, is definitely troubling information. This is unfortunately the theory that I kind of lean towards the most. Yeah, I kind of believe it too. That's why I don't think that he was like on his way home. That's why I think he was kind of taking those hours I definitely to to just kind of like process yeah I definitely think that he was thinking about what he was going to do and probably trying to like you know I hate how this is gonna sound but psych himself up for it um and I do think that that's why he was so reluctant to talk to his mom too yeah I think that that explains a lot of things uh giving away stuff is also very troubling and it kind of oh yeah Bryce Laspiza has been missing for eight years now, and no confirmed sighting of him has ever occurred. Bryce's last location was near Castaic Lake, where he crashed his car. He's a white male with red hair, blue eyes, and a very distinctive tattoo on his upper left shoulder of a Taurus bullhead with his birthday and Roman numerals. If you have any information regarding Bryce Laspiza's disappearance, you can call 949-292-4400 or email findbrycelapiza.com at gmail.com we hope his family and loved ones get the closure they need someday thank you for listening to another episode of olympia oddities if you want to support the podcast follow the facebook or instagram at olympia oddities podcast on both leave us a positive review or tell a friend i'm trista and my personal instagram is at saloon ghost if you want to follow me over there i'm steven and my instagram is still at the steven ramirez if you want to follow me And until next time, friends.